0: Welcome to the KFAX Ministry of the Week. Each week we highlight a local ministry that is impacting the community in Jesus' name. Our hope is to connect you to a ministry in which you can grow and serve in Christ's kingdom. And now your host for the Ministry of the Week, Craig Roberts.
1: We've got a very special guest joining us today in studio. In fact, no stranger to KFAX listeners as he hosts Graceful Truth heard Sunday afternoons at 3.30 p.m. right here on KFAX. He is the senior pastor of Grace Bible Church of Redwood City, Pastor Stephen Converse. Pastor, welcome to the program. Good to be here, Greg. Let's get some of the basics out of the way. First, a bit of your own story. You are not a native to the Bay Area. In fact, your, your roots are clear back in Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah, I grew up and uh, was born and raised in a small little town, Montoursville, Pennsylvania, outside of Whamsport, Pennsylvania, which is known for the Literally World Series. Ah. So that's all it's known for. Is it but, coal
1: country or, or you're part of the uh, neighborhood?
0: Uh, gold country? Oh, coal, oh, coal country. Uh, no, now it's more the fracking. They're doing that now. Uh, but uh, a lot of the coal goes goes on down Pottsville, d- different areas. But um, up in our area, it's, it's north, northeastern PA. And I uh, grew up in a uh, large family there, large Catholic family. had uh, six brothers, two sisters. I was the baby. And... Uh, my oldest brother was 25 years older than I am, so we had a big... Big spread there. Yes, yeah. Mother was, was busy
1: <laughs> raising all these well, kids. Good, good Roman Catholics, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, my dad was Methodist, and he stuck to his faith, but we were all raised in the Roman Catholic Church, and uh, for 19 years of my life, that's that was my faith, and uh, uh, we grew up in a wonderful home. Uh, my dad was a medical doctor, and so... Um, we had a a good sized piece of property and, uh, always had, we were out in the woods and playing and and doing different things. But, uh, my mother passed away when I was just three of uh, lung cancer and my dad passed away when I was seven. So I grew up in this home, uh, raised pretty much by my oldest brother and his wife and, uh, my nephews and nieces were actually probably closer to me age-wise than my own brothers and sisters, so it's kind of a different situation.
1: But um, maybe that age gap, God had some wisdom in there. Yes, in yeah, knowing well, that mom and dad will be taken from you so young. Yeah,
0: yeah. My my next the next one up for me is six years removed. It's a sister, but I understand my mother had uh, three other children. <laughs> Between my sister and I, and uh, unfortunately, they, they passed away. Losing mom and birth.
1: dad like that, particularly for yourself as the baby of the family, uh, you mentioned three when mom passed, seven mm-hmm. when dad. You, yes. you probably don't have really strong memories of either of them. No, I don't. Um, and
0: I, I also lost a brother that I was very close to. I was actually getting ready to move over. He was in the Air Force at the time over in Germany he was a dentist and I was gonna go live with him during my high school years and he passed away suddenly in, a, in an automobile accident. And uh, you know, I didn't really notice the impact of kind of all this death <laughs> until uh, I actually uh, met my wife and uh, started a relationship and and it was into our marriage that um, I realized that wow, I, I have a lot of walls up. You know, it's hard to me to be close to people, and I never really understood that. And I will never forget. I was talking to my brother, who's also a pastor, back in Pennsylvania, one day on the phone. And this is right after I became a believer. And uh, at the end of the conversation, he said, "Well, I love you, Stevie." And I said, "Yeah, okay." And we hung up. And next time we talked, he said the same thing: "Hey, I love you." Yeah, I know. All right, later. You know. <laughs> And finally, the third time, he said the uh, same thing, you know, I love you. And I said, yeah, okay, okay, you know. And I'm getting ready to hang up, and he goes, you can't say it, can you? And I said, I, what do you mean I can't say it? can't say what? And he said, you, you can't tell me you love me. And I said, well, no, I can, sure. you Of course I love you. I mean, you're my brother. Why wouldn't you? Well, then say it. And he kind of painted me into a corner. And then he kind of opened up and shared, you know, I, I've dealt with the same thing, that, that idea of, People passing away close to you that you love, you know, you, you put walls up.
1: That almost protective yes. mechanism kicks in. That yes. that that's almost part of our, our human nature yes. that says I, I I immediately want to sort of curl up in the fetal position and protect myself. Right. And I guess a lot of people from relationships, husband and wives, and siblings, and family members. Well, so-and-so seems to be distant or mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're not really a people person. We'll right. often hear that. Mm-hmm. Is it indicative in your experience then that a lot of times it's not so much that an individual is not necessarily a people person as much as they have been hurt by people mm-hmm. or hurt by circumstances of people being taken from them right. that after a while those wounds, they hurt. Sure. So what do we do with a wound? Well, yeah. we want to stop it from bleeding. We want to protect it from the outside. So quick, let's bandage it. Let's cover it. And if we're embarrassed by it, let's hide it away. Right. It's for us a coping mechanism. But right. at the end of the day, it impacts not only our, our relations on the horizontal plane, but I would imagine even vertically, too, with God, wouldn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. Because, you you know, and it, it was after I, I, I became a Christian and really understood uh, more thoroughly uh, the God who, who loves us and cares for us and sticks by his word and will never leave us or forsake us. I mean, that really helped me a lot in my own, in my own ministry, and my own relationships with people because I, I realized that, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable with people. It's okay to get close to people. And that, yeah, people are gonna die and we all die on time in my mind. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think God has a plan for us. And, and so, you know, it, it helped me really accept that and and move on. And but it has you know affected you know I'm not uh, people say often you know we're well, not much of a, a people person and and I've had to work to overcome that. You know I remember when I first came to Grace Bible Church, you know we had some dear older saints ladies in our church that just loved to hug people. And you know I'd put my right hand <laughs> It's like hey, you're not gonna hug me. Don't <laughs> you know? get that close. <laughs> yeah, and I've learned over time. You know, yeah, yeah. I got to be okay with that. You know, I mean, and so um, it's been a it's been a process. But but God has definitely uh, brought me through that and uh, really used that 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 experience in my life to really be able to minister to people who are going through those things
1: now. And interesting to note that you indicated at the get go that the immediate loss of first mom and then dad, while it didn't. It impacted you, certainly, Mm -hmm. but there was not a a, a mental acknowledgement of that impact early on. And yet, in spite of that, it nevertheless had an impact on your life. Yes. Is that true for a lot of people that sometimes we go through experiences in life that we kind of shrug off or we don't fully take account of, and yet later on in life we discover, wow, that thing that happened way back then? What that person said to me, or what happened in that relationship falling apart, has left an indelible negative wound on my life that I'm now carrying with me and is sort of impacting or colorizing all of my relationships moving forward.
0: Right, and, and I think that part of our, you know, at least in my experience, when I came to Christ, you know, He is able to to heal those hearts. He's able to able to heal those pains. He's able to give you the grace uh, through the power of the Spirit to to open up and, and and to understand, you know, your life experience, there's a purpose for that. It's not a mistake. God God allowed those things to happen in my life for a purpose. And it's it's to make me, you know, a stronger believer today, to allow me to be able to minister to people who are going through that same kind of hurt. You know, I remember as a youth pastor, as a single youth pastor before I was married, I didn't get married uh, till I was thirty three. So I had been a, a youth pastor for several years. And I remember I used to talk to parents and counsel parents about how to raise their children. I had no idea what I was talking about because I had no children. I wasn't even in a a relationship. And, um, you know, I remember getting on parents, you know, the way they would deal with their kids and thinking, wow, okay, you know, I would never do that. And then lo and behold, when I got married, my wife already had a child from a previous marriage. And so she was 13 when we got married. I was thrown right into, you know, having oh, a 13-year-old girl. Yes, <laughs> and, and she was wonderful, don't get me wrong. But, but at the same time, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot to adjust there. And I remember thinking, wow, I can't believe I was so hard on parents, you know. And I had no business doing that. And so sometimes when we go through things in our lives, um, we don't even know what we're going through. I was so young when I lost my mom. I, you know, I just remember being at the neighbor's house Um, enjoying lunch, and all my family went somewhere else. Well, they went to the funeral, but they didn't want me to go for some reason. So I was at the neighbor's house. And when my dad passed away, I was a little older, so I remember that a little bit better. But even then, it didn't really have an impact on me at the time because I was surrounded by, you know, six brothers, two sisters, their their kids, and, and it was just like life went on.
1: To a degree, you almost, because of your age, didn't know anything different.
0: Right, exactly. And so it wasn't until really, you know I got married that I realized wow okay I do have walls up and you know having walls up is not a good thing for any marriage and so um, you know as we you know grew closer together as a couple and I began to realize wow you know this is something that I need to address and it you know I didn't go to any necessarily any counseling or anything but God just kinda reinforced his love for me and his care for me and it allowed me to become more vulnerable with people and, and more transparent. You know, I don't have to, you know, kind of do the da- dance to get the hug from God. He accepts me, accepts me for who, who I am in Christ. And that was just a, a wonderful truth that, that really allowed me to open up and be able to freely minister to, to people and, and to also to accept ministry from other people. And I think this is one thing that's lacking in our churches today is authenticity and transparency. You know, we paste the little smile on our face And, you know, we walk into church, how was your week? Oh, everything was fine when we've just been fighting with our spouse for a half hour trying to get the kids ready and rush them to church. You know, and and I'm always focusing our our people back to being transparent as the body of Christ. You know, it's okay to come in here and say, you know what? I had a horrible week, and I need your prayers. Our church isn't a, a large church. There's 60 to 100 people on a Sunday morning. But there's an intimacy there. You know so there's there's relationships that are built there's there's time of fellowship that's spent together you know uh, we have usually about an hour and a half sunday morning service ends about eleven thirty, and then we have a, a full meal over in the fellowship hall and so we encourage people to go over there and and just get to know each other and it's during those times hopefully those walls of that we put up, come down, and we can begin to understand each other a little bit better and do what the New Testament calls us to do, right, as the church. We don't have to get cleaned up <laughs> to take the bath, you know. We don't have to do the dance to get the hug from God. He, he in his sovereign plan, for whatever reason, he has set his love upon me. And, and he saw and purposed that, that I would come to him as one of his children and repent of my sins and, and be saved. And so, when you step back and you look at that, you realize that wow, God has this plan that is in eternity past. God isn't up in heaven reacting to what we're doing here on Earth. He knows the beginning from the end because He's omniscient, you know. And then the other aspect of of, of God's attributes that He's everywhere, all the time, you know. And and that's something that I was kind of uh, that was new to me as I went through my my Christian growth and and understanding and learning, because I always envisioned hell as a place that's void of God. But you know what? When you stop and think about it, who do you think is supplying the wrath for hell? Those people who will be in hell one day will be under the wrath of who? God. So in the form of his wrath, he's very present there. And so when you stop and you think about that, I think the question of, our lack of transparency with God, does it come out of a misunderstanding of who God is? I would say yes. And I think that's one aspect of, of teaching that, unfortunately, a lot of, of Christians are lacking in. You know, they know that God, that Jesus went to the cross. They know that he died. They know that he saved him.
1: Isn't it fascinating as we, we struggle to get to know God that here is a God who, while offended by our sin... What does the Scripture say about the sin? Is like a stench mm-hmm. in his nostrils, mm-hmm. and yet as much as God is offended by our sin, that same God reaches down and embraces us, sinful, broken in every aspect of what's wrong about mankind in our, in our sin nature, in the Adamic nature. He nevertheless reaches out and embraces us through Jesus Christ and says, my work of my son on the cross right. will cover your sin so that even while you are yet a sinner, as we mentioned before, mm-hmm. he sent his son to die for us. Do we have a hard time sometimes trying to relate to that, well, God's offended by sin and yet he loves me a sinner?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 a, hard, it's a hard thing for people to understand that, you know, um, the, the gospel itself is the good news that Christ came, he died and that we have the opportunity to have that relationship with our Creator God through His sacrifice, through His work on the cross. But it, the Gospel also contains the bad news that, you know what, you're a sinner and you need the grace of God. Uh, you know, that's that's the, the point you have to get to before the good news is really effective. You have to understand you have to understand that bad news. And I think that, you know, when we come to the idea of who God is and what he's provided for us, you know, I know, you know, myself growing up in a church where it's all about what you do. You know, I mean, you know, you, you go to mass, you do this, you go to confession. I was an altar boy. I did all these things thinking that somehow that's earning my righteousness before God. And the more I do, the better. And yet when I was confronted with uh, Romans 3.23, You know and that all have fallen short all have sinned well you know the pastor that was sharing that with me back in 1979 at over a dinner in one of my brother's homes he shared that verse and i and my my answer to him was well i understand what you're saying my brother bob he definitely needs this because he's a recovering alcoholic and my other brother you know uh you know he's done a lot of bad things but you know about the log in your own yeah (laughs) i'm 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 the baby of the family i don't do those things you know and it took probably a half hour for this pastor to keep on visiting that verse over and over and it's like craig it's like god turned the switch on and all of a sudden i realized wow are you telling me that i'm a sinner that's what you're telling me? And <laughs> not that I was some self-righteous person, I didn't think that, I knew I had sin, but it wasn't to the extent of people around me as I grew up, so that was my comparison. But when I understood the holiness of God, that he demands absolute holiness, absolute perfection, and there's no way you're ever gonna attain that on your own. Then I realized, well, what do I need to do to be saved? That's exactly what I said. And he said, we well, need to cry out to the Lord. And it was then that I, I basically turned my life over to God and asked him to forgive my sin. And and it wasn't an emotional thing for me. It was more of a matter of fact, like I need to do this now because I've been trusting in 19 years of something that obviously didn't work. And so when I came to faith in Christ, um, it really gave me a, a fuller understanding of not only my my own sinfulness but also my need of a savior and when he saved me you know I can honestly say that I realized that this is something that I don't have to earn this isn't something that I don't have to go through you know uh, circumstances in my life trying to earn this hug from God that God is already hugging me and he's hugging me through his son the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, sometimes as believers we think well lord you know just give me more love and we forget that the love of christ is shed abroad in our hearts you're not going to get any more love than that we just have to use what god has already given to us and and i think that you know in a roundabout way a lot of christians today are are misunderstanding the true nature of the god that saves them and it and it definitely impacts their inability to grow as a believer. I think if, if you, you know, point out a, a believer who's struggling in their, in their faith, I'll say how much do they know about God? Can they name any of the attributes about God? Can they tell me, you know, who they are in Christ? Because it's very easy in this
1: world in which we live to forget all that. Because we live in a, a world that's filled with sin. The more we get to understand him, the more we should be compelled to cling to the cross. Mm and and you go from gazing at it from afar to standing up close to being at the base of it looking up at him to finally just wrapping your arms right. around it right realizing that short of that cross there is no salvation there is no answer there right. is no way out of this mess right so narrow it down for me make it easy yes point me the way let me know how i need to respond yes and I'll head down that path. Yeah. So uh, by God's grace, this is not many paths, many ways, multiple yeah. choice. Yeah. It's easy, it's basic. And I think theologically, when you really step back and you realize that even if,
0: if God were to give us the choices, we couldn't make the right one. No,
1: we would not. Right? So it's
0: God setting his love upon us. That's why we're saved. We're not saved because we woke up one day and said, I think I'll try this Christ thing. No, it, the Bible says that you know, we love him only because
1: he loved us, what, first. first. Let's mention about the church. Again, sure. we, uh, we talked about the fact that you're ministering there on the peninsula in Redwood yeah. City, 2225 Euclid Avenue, and uh, it's a growing congregation, and it's a changing face of the peninsula, yeah. getting more and more diverse day by day. Yes. Yeah, we have
0: uh, uh, people that go to our church who have their backgrounds from Egypt, India, um, uh, Mexico. Um, you know, we have a very diverse congregation. Um, and it's, it's, it, it's kind of fun to allow it just happen the way God uh, has, has allowed it to happen because, um, you know, you realize that in Christ there are no divisions. There are no, you know, we're, we're focused as the body of Christ on one thing, you know, hopefully bringing glory to uh, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, each, each time we gather. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm just so thankful to be a pastor who's able to serve in a church where they're hungry, the word of God you know um, I mean our our service starts at 10 and usually if you Show up. it's I'm usually the only one in a tie. You know, thank you, wife. You know, she makes <laughs> dresses. Ma- you well, Makes me. She? Yeah, she does. I'm colorblind, so she lays the stuff out and I put it on. You know, there's a couple Sundays usually. I'm, I'm not with a tie in the summer if it's hot, but or she's out of town maybe. But for the most part, but I'm the only one usually. There's you know, it's kind of casual dress, and uh, but we usually do about a half hour of music, and, and the music is in entertainment. You know, I lead the worship team every Sunday, uh, myself from the piano, and and it's it's all about exalting the lord jesus christ and we'll sing some hymns uh we'll sing some of the newer choruses and for us it's the message of the the, the songs it's not so much the um the tempo or what it's style a, as it is a, you a know. pastor
1: friend of mine says it's not the beat it's the meat
0: amen amen <laughs> so you know after about a half hour of music ten thirty, you know we'll start uh, teaching the children are dismissed to their sunday school classes they're in there with the worship uh, so we worship together as families, but then they're dismissed to their classes, and we have nursery care that's provided as well. Um, but then we'll we'll open up the Bible and we'll literally go through a section of Scripture. So we take our time. But I'm so thankful to be in a church where they're hungry for the Word. They're not rushing me. They're not, you know, wow, you went too long or whatever. And usually the messages are 45, 55 minutes. As long as they like don't that. fall out the window. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, that's that's true. You know, but uh, and then after that, like I said, we we. Uh, um, have a, a time of fellowship afterwards, where you get to meet and meet some of the new people, and it, it's encouraging to be part of of this um, of this congregation. And uh, you know, back when I was, I had been a youth pastor for about 15 years, and I was uh, the last I was in three churches, and the last church I was in was down in uh, uh, Indio, California, the desert. As a Calvary chapar. I was there for two years, and realized after two years it probably wasn't a good good meet, you know, a good match. And so uh, I kind of agreed to kind of step down and I went to work for the uh, Riverside County District Attorney's Office as an investigative technician. And so I got to use some of my criminology there. And I remember when this church reached out to me during that time, they sent me a letter of invitation saying, hey, we'd like to talk to you about possibly coming up here and pastoring this church. And um, the letter came in the mail, and I was having so much fun with the DA's office. You know, I had a car, I had a badge, and I, just, I was just living my dream kind of. And I thought, you know, I don't know. I mean, I knew I was called to ministry, but right now I'm just having too much fun. And I let that letter sit on the uh, countertop for about three days. And my wife said, aren't you going to open that? I mean, come on. And I said, Redwood City, where's that? You know, and I remember going there as a youth pastor uh, for some marine Marine world used to be there. And so we used to take kids there. But I said, ah, not really, you know. And she said, you know, I've been praying about this ever since it came in the mail. And I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I think that's the church we're going to end up at. And I'm like, you're nuts, you know. <laughs> Lo and behold, she was right. And we went about through about nine months of interviews with this small little church who basically was at a point where they were – uh, there were two years without a pastor. I came out of a hard time with the previous pastor, and we were even praying about possibly just selling the whole facilities and and uh, to give it to missions. But they thought, you know what? We'll try it. Give it one more shot. And um, and this was my first teaching pastorate, and and so uh, been there since 1998. So almost 19 years, just kind of faithfully plugging away.
1: <laughs> and you still kind of, uh, as we're wrapping up our time uh, together here, I'll mention, you still kind of dabble at a distance with the, your background in, in criminology. We mentioned that you would study there at the University of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. You serve as a chaplain with the Redwood City Police Department. Yes,
0: yeah, I'm still a
1: chaplain with the Redwood City Police Department. And at a and critical time. Yeah oh know yes, What's going on in law yeah, enforcement yeah. these days? Very critical. Yeah,
0: yeah we, 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 we provide a, a wonderful service there. We actually have about, I think it's eight chaplains four of us are kind of in-house with the pd themselves and i've been doing that for 19 years since i've been there and even before that down at the sheriff's office down in in, uh, riverside county as well but yeah our our law enforcement definitely needs our support and our prayers every day they go out there they put their life on the line and we're living in a society that's uh, just very very dangerous so
1: Yeah, well, sin abounds, but where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Amen. Pastor, we appreciate you coming in and sharing today. I'll mention again that uh, you can tune in to Graceful Truth. The broadcast comes your way Sunday afternoons at 3.30 p.m. right here on KFAX. If you are new to the Bay Area or in search of a good, solid, Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church home, we invite you to check out Grace Bible Church, 2225 Euclid Avenue in Redwood City. Again, details available on the web at gracebibleonline.org. That's gracebibleonline.org. Or you can call them directly at 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. Pastor Stephen Converse from Grace Bible Church of Redwood City, thanks for dropping by. Thank you for listening to the KFAX Ministry of the Week. More information about this week's
0: highlighted ministry is available at kfax.com. Until next time, God bless.